In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Imagine you're walking down a hallway, and you see a big red button. And in front of that button is a small little glass box, and it's just there on the wall. And you probably won't think much of it. You know, you just simply walk past it, you look at it instinctually, and you walk past it. But now imagine the difference of you walking down another hallway, seeing a big red button behind a glass box, but now there's a sign that says, do not touch. Now you want to touch it, just because it says that. And one of the reasons why is because we have evidently a very rebellious nature. When someone tells us to not do something, we want to do it, in spite or just out of our broken nature or whatever it is. We tend to be more inclined to this rebellious attitude. And we see this from the beginning of mankind, right? With Adam and Eve, where did the whole skepticism sort of start? Is when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, and he said, you can eat of all the trees, all of them, just not this one. Just not this one. You cannot eat of this tree because it is forbidden. And that's when the sort of temptation started uh, to sort of be their main focus in their mind. And that's when the tempter, the serpents came and tempted Adam and Eve. It was only until then. And why do I mention this? Is because Monday, Soma starts. Lent starts on Monday. And today, as many of you know, this weekend, we read the temptations of Jesus. You guys all heard the temptations in this gospel today. And there's a lot to say about it, but one thing I sort of want to keep as a backdrop in our minds as we're meditating on this gospel is our constant inclination to become rebellious even when it comes to the things that God has given us that the church teaches us. Because even when it comes with things that we disagree with, why does the church have to say this? Why did God have to uh, do this certain thing in this way? We become very rebellious even though it doesn't seem that obvious. And when it comes to the gospel today, imagine, so this is, when Jesus is tempted, this is before he calls his 12 apostles. This is before he's famous and well-known in all of Nazareth. This is before all of that. It says Jesus went alone. He went alone to the desert and he fasted. And that's when he was tempted by the devil. So now a good question is, is how did St. Matthew know all of this in detail. He gives us a very detailed description of Jesus's temptation, all three temptations, and exactly what happened. And look how serious the detail is. It says, St. Matthew tells us, Jesus was led up by the Spirit in the wilderness, and he was tempted by the devil, and, and then he fasted, and then he was hungry after he fasted. All of these interesting details, St. Matthew tells us, there is only one way St. Matthew would have known all of this, is Jesus told him. Jesus took the time to sit Matthew down and tell him this exact story as it happened in detail. 
And this should, this should sort of bring a red flag in our minds. When Jesus puts the time and gives the time to talk about a life experience that happened to him in such great detail, then there's something we could really learn from it. Because when Jesus is tempted by the devil, these temptations are something each and every one of us could relate to, especially because we're so inclined to being so rebellious in our lives. For some dark reason, when someone tells us to not do something, we still want to do it. For some reason, when we're being tempted by the devil, and even though we know it's wrong, just because it's wrong, we want to do it. And this requires, and I think in a very genius way, a lot of prayer, fasting, and almsgiving during Lent. Those are the sort of three pillars that the church gives us to practice during Lent. And these three pillars will help us to sort of have a better foundation when it comes to being tempted by the devil. Because how does the devil tempt Jesus? He tempts him in ways that are relatable to each and every one of us now. He first says that if you are the son of God, command these stones to become loaves of bread. He knew Jesus was hungry. He went after his weaknesses. And that's what the devil does to us. My weakness is different than your weakness. And your weakness is different than someone else's weakness. And we have to know that the way we are tempted is not a sort of standard way that everyone else is tempted. No, it's a very personal way that the devil has knowledge about. Because the devil was an angel. And angelic knowledge is at a much greater capacity than human knowledge. But the devil doesn't stop there. He doesn't just tempt him once and he moves on, no. And then he says, he takes him to the holy city. And he says, if you are the son of God, throw yourself down and ask your angels to come and catch you. Now he tempts him with power, using his power to prove it to the devil. And then finally he tells him, I will give you all of these kingdoms. Everything you see, I will give you if you worship me. This lust of the eyes wanting all of these things of this world. And the commonality that these all have, all of these three temptations, is the way Jesus responds to him. He responds to him by quoting scripture, by quoting the word of God by using the tool, something I want to he had. And something I want to end my homily with is us asking ourselves, how do we combat temptation if we don't have these tools and instruments to use? It's easy to say, I want to be a strong person. I do not want to fall into sin. It's very easy to say that I constantly want to choose the good and, and reject the evil. It's good to say that, it's good to have that mentality, but how? That is how, that is what we should ask ourselves and that is what we should prepare for on Monday. Because if we too don't know scripture, we can't use that when we're being tempted. If we don't have a personal prayer life, 
on a daily basis, we can't use that when we're being tempted. If we don't know or have any consecration to the Blessed Mother, how can we use that when we're being tempted? So brothers and sisters, we should allow this Lent to be a Lent that is not some sort of regular thing that we do every year. It should be different. Lent is meant to transform us in a much greater way, transform us to grow closer to Christ and to help us push ourselves to become much virtuous and holy people. That is what Jesus wants from us. So maybe it's good for us to think about things we're going to give up during Lent, but it's always good to think about what we should add. How much more could we involve Christ in our daily lives? Amen.